Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hi, we'll jump into the show here in just a second. But first, the reviews are in for last week's After Party podcast on our Patreon page. Subscriber Angela Coleman says, loving this episode, you all were amazing. Subscriber Ford Thaxton says, this week's after party was especially good. You and your lovely lady Kimberly have done an outstanding job and you make my week so much more pleasant. Thank you both for that and all of our subscribers at the after party level. So make sure to end your week with the after party podcast on our Patreon page. It's a commercial free 90 minute podcast that's kind of like eavesdropping on an evening chat between me and my girlfriend Kimberly Johnson. You know her from the Start Me Up podcast and the Stephanie Miller show. It's far more personal than the free show with all kinds of revelations about our personal lives, but with all the latest political commentary in there too. And it can get really weird and fun, by the way. So don't miss out. Subscribe to the After Party level at patreon.com slash Show, and you're also going to get two Shadow Docket shows included in that level of support. Again, that's patreon.com slash Show. and now let the cartoons begin. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Bob. Mm. Bob. I have to get back to work. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, September 5, 2023. This is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hello there, my name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi, day 958 of the Biden-Harris administration, 425 days until the 24th presidential election. You can find me on threads and Instagram at TheBobSeska. Also, Twitter, BobSeska underscore go, spoutable BobSeska. Patreon is BobSeskaShow.com. And that guy sitting right over there, it's Buzz Burbank with the news. Yeah. You say Buzz Burbank. Hang on. Hang you on. said it all. <laughs> uh, just, just a minute. I'm, I'm still trying to get the mud off my shoes from Burning Man. <laughs> what a mess. Crunchy. Uh, hi, hi, everybody. Hi. hi. Uh, he, he's Bob. I'm Buzz. And we only used a private jet for security reasons. True. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Labor Day uh, traditionally marks the end of summer. I know. And, and it's just been unbearable. And it, and it continues. Here's how hot it's been. Uh, the groundhog got arrested for not wearing pants. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Thank you, thank you, Johnny. And I thought I thought this was in poor taste. Uh-huh. Uh, as an end of summer special, a Dairy Queen is now offering something called the McConnell Freeze. Oh my God! Oh. Would that is that smart? Oh God damn! Hurricane Adelia. Yeah, we're brave. We're big. Uh, Hurricane Adelia, you know, caused a giant tree 
to crash into the mansion occupied by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Aww. Exactly, Bob. Now, uh, DeSantis doesn't believe in climate change, but he does believe in the skills black people learned to fix the place up. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, so, and now Trump's going around bragging that he saved us all. He saved us all, Bob, from a nuclear holocaust. Oh, yeah? It's true. It's a fact. There were pandemics of COVID and insanity, but hey, no nuclear holocaust. That's amazing. Small blessings, huh? Uh, uh, proud boys don't cry. Proud boys don't cry. <laughs> okay, that, yes, yes, that's true performance art and uh and we we learned this past week that trump's racketeering trial in georgia mm-hmm. will be televised and live streamed oh boy there they go giving him free airtime again oh yeah kicking off a brand new week with rocky mountain mike and this thing about an a-hole yeah well, we're living here in elon town working for an He likes to play Twitter wars. Let all the Nazis back in the front door. And he's Vladimir Putin's big ho. Dances with fash, fascism slow. And we're worked to death in Elon Town. Yeah, Rocky Mountain Mike, Rocky MNT and Mike on Real Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still calling it Twitter, and I will always call it Twitter, even after it's long dead. (laughs) You know, folks, uh, if you look up at the top of your browser when you're on X, uh, you know what it says? It says Twitter.com. I know. It's it's still Twitter. That's right. Well, we're going to talk about Elon Musk here in a few minutes because lots to say. Elon Musk. Really stepped into it over the weekend, uh, so we're going to cover all of that. Yes, but I wanted to mention before we continue on, uh, Mr. Burbank, that uh, yes. across the hall at Channel Nine, Kimberly is <laughs> Kimberly's <laughs> recording an episode of the Stephanie Miller Show right now. Oh, how nice! I got two, two, two shows in one. Yeah, and we seriously, before we started recording today's show, we seriously considered the idea of taking a microphone across the hall and invading Kimberly's appearance on the Stephanie Miller Show. Which we're going to do this. We're going to do this next time. <laughs> That's we're going to do right. like a Letterman thing and take a mic over to Kimberly's studio and uh yeah. and we'll see what happens. I've already got the line prepared and that line <laughs> that line will be my name is Bryant Gumble and I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That that's the final letterman touch right there. Yeah. <laughs> no one's going to understand Kimberly's not going to understand that at all. But uh there may be some members of the Stephanie Miller show audience who will totally get that. Oh, absolutely. I they never die. You know, I do stuff on this show that it's like funny to one or two people. And you know what? <laughs> That's good with me. I'm happy with that. If I can make one or two people joyous, and and occasionally that happens, oh, I'm just thrilled. You know, now everybody else is great. I appreciate everyone's support. But every once in a while, I'll make some oblique, obscure reference. Oh, witness today's monologue. Where uh, it's it's like funny to one or two people. Yeah, And uh, I did it for them. I did it for them. Those are the people I'm really connecting with. And see, I'm already working out the technology in my head for how yes. we can do that, how we can invade invade one of Kimberly's appearances on the Stephanie Miller show while we're recording this show. Now, uh, if you can figure out my mix minus, we'll be all set. 
<laughs> yes. Any engineers an out there, audio engineers who can help Buzz with a mix minus on his board, <laughs> because I, you know what? I've got that set up here, and I couldn't possibly begin to describe what it actually is. We are between we're between hurricanes here in the Tampa Bay <laughs> yeah. region. So if you're in the area and you know what the hell we're talking about, uh, uh. I'll give you my address. Maybe. <laughs> so like after the show last week, after Tuesday's yeah. show, uh, right. Buzz, you sent me a diagram of your audio setup. <laughs> I did, as yeah. you requested, yes. as we discussed this, yes. Because I thought, okay, I'm going to set you up with a mix minus so you can hear uh-huh. your own voice in your headphones. Right. And I looked at your diagram and suddenly yeah, I simple. was that I was that gif of Rodney Dangerfield looking bug-eyed with all the mathematical <laughs> equations floating in his in front it's of very, him. It's a very simple, basic setup. There's nothing complicated about it. And the key is going to be, and here we are doing technical talk, the key is going to be the, in that photograph I sent you of my mixer board because yeah, yeah. there are buttons on there that I know make this happen. I just don't know which ones they are. It is extraordinarily complicated. And as I've said, uh-huh. I, I mentioned this to Chris Lavoie last Last week before yeah. I went on with Stephanie was uh, now we're all audio engineers. There used to be actual guys oh, yeah. in overalls yeah. who would hang yeah. around at a radio station and they were the audio engineers. They went to college for this. They had a degree mm-hmm. in this. Mm-hmm. They would get in there. They would fix. They were like Jordy LaForge from Star Trek. And they would get in and fix everything and deal with the wiring and the sound and the compression and all the rest of it. The, the transmitter, certainly. And now with podcasting. We just all do that ourselves. You know what <laughs> I learned? And I, I, I learned this for radio, and I carried this throughout my career, but I learned it at my very first uh, radio station in yeah. Wichita, Kansas, and that was uh, immediately befriend the two most powerful people in your <laughs> facility. Yeah. Uh, uh, that would be the janitor and mm-hmm. the chief engineer. <laughs> if you right. if you're friends with those guys, you can do anything. Exactly. Like, you know, those of you who listen to the Stern show for many years, are familiar with the name Scott the engineer. His right. whole job was to do that, to fix shit. Right. Now imagine Howard having to do all that himself. Yeah, no, <laughs> not just worked. to fix things, not just to fix things, but to make things happen, to make things yeah. possible, right, to make right. things good. Yeah. And and you, you you need somebody like that, and we're, we miss those folks. Yep, indeed. So, you yeah, know, uh, lots of good news to get to this week and lots of things to rant about this week. I've okay. got well, a few start. things to say about yeah. fascism here in a few minutes, in addition yeah, to Elon Musk. Should. But obviously, we have to make sure we ballyhoo the latest jobs numbers, because once again, yeah. they have defied expectations. Dark Brandon wins again. Funny how his age has nothing to do with the fact that he's got this gigantic track record of successes so far. It's amazing. It might just be, what is it? There's an ism for that when you just say, well, he's too old and have no evidence as to whether that actually affects his job performance. It's age-ism. Age-ism, exactly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And and there's still a lot of that. Uh, I I think it's going to be good for him to be out on the campaign trail because although that does open up opportunities or risks, for gaffes, if you prefer to look at it that way, I I was looking at him talking yesterday yeah. on 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 Labor Day about unions mm-hmm. and his uh, he was fine. Yeah. You know, he he speaks somewhat slower and deliberately, but very uh, very clearly and understandably, very plain folks. And I I just think. The more people hear him, if they don't already hate him too much, uh, the more people uh, hear him, the more they'll know he's fine. And I've said before, and I I think this requires underscoring, and that is when people walk into that booth, figuratively or literally, uh, for the 2024 presidential election, 
uh, I think uh, Biden's age is not going to be a factor. If what they see on that ballot yeah. is Biden and Trump or Biden and DeSantis, we'll talk about that more later. But if that's what they see, if that's the choice they see, I can't help but think that, uh, that, that Biden would prevail here. But in terms of these jobs numbers that just came out, 59% of Americans disapprove of Joe Biden's handling of the economy. It's staggering. We, I, I know. And, and we have a record low unemployment. We, the, the stock market has been doing great. Uh, wages are actually up. Uh, maybe not enough, but they're up. Inflation is still present, but under more under control. Uh, it is hard telling this to people who are paying more for gas and more for groceries. I've noticed we're paying more for groceries. Going out to eat is uh, becoming unaffordable if you want decent food. Uh, you know, so... Uh, you know, there is a, a bit of pain out there, but uh, there's so much success. Every week, Joe Biden's cutting another ribbon at another infrastructure project uh, that he got done, that he got passed and funded in his first year in yeah, office. Yeah. So, yeah, it's getting that message out there. And we still have time for that. We must do it. We must use that time to to make the point that you're making here, which is the economy is great, even though people don't seem to think so. And I think the pain that people are feeling from inflation uh, will ease over the next year. Uh, and and uh, hopefully, if except for where the you know oil producing nations screw with it, and as they will to try to get Trump or some other fascist elected. Uh, you know, I, I, I just think we have room and opportunity here, but you're right. That's one of the, our main jobs between now and that election. Yeah, the expectations were 170,000 jobs to be created in August. Turned out it was 187,000 defying and expectations. Yeah, and, and, and as you often point out, that'll be revised upward in another 30 days. Of course, of course. Yeah. And you know what else, as far as inflation goes, we're down to 3%. The, the right. Fed's target rate is 2%. So right. one more percentage point in reduction of inflation right now uh, will be a massive success story. A massive that means, success story. Uh, yeah. And what that what that means in practical terms is the prices have more or less stopped rising. Yes. But that doesn't help the pain of the prices that are already higher and haven't come down yet. Some prices have come down, but not enough because people are having trouble affording groceries and gas and 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 higher rents and everything that's mm -hmm. gone up in recent years. So there's still some pain out there so it's kind of hard for people to swallow the idea that that things are successful. So that's our job is and Biden's job and the Democratic Party's job and the Biden campaign's job is to and they're doing it, as he was yesterday, keep hammering that home. The thing, the problem in all of this is, of course, a lot of members of the press seem to be misrepresenting what's going on with the economy. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. the New York Times happens to be one of the worst offenders of that with some of these headlines. I just gathered a couple of headlines here, Buzz, to good, illustrate good. this do. point. First of all, uh, our friend Mary Trump shared this particular headline from the New York Times of the weekend. Biden struggles to make Bidenomics a plus, not a minus. That frames uh, the idea of, well, hey, if you think it's a minus, it, you know what? It's a minus. <laughs> well, some people do. The right is the right is using the word Bidenomics to uh, needle people's pain from yeah. inflation. 
uh, they're saying, uh, you know, well, you're paying more because of Bidenomics. Yeah. And, and people are on the right are buying that. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, and, and I've been reading on, on the White House and the campaign's approach to this problem. Uh, and I'd, I'd read that, you know, they're being careful not to use the word Bidenomics, and yet Biden used it yesterday because uh, they're trying to stay away from the negative connotation that that's picked up. I think maybe there there's a better way, there's a better word for selling what he's done. I don't have it on me, but there's a better word for selling what he's done than, unfortunately, than Bidenomics. Biden, just the word Bidenomics ought to do it, but unfortunately, once again, the right has assigned a negative connotation to that that the rest of the right believes. Yes. Um, let's see. Unprecedented record-setting economic indicators. I mean, maybe that's too many words, but those are some of the words that you can choose from when you're talking about this on social media, etc. Right. But so that was one headline from the New York Times. Let's see. The next one. Yes. Okay. This was shared by Allison Gill. And this is a New York Times headline about uh, the hurricane in Florida, which you right. have just recently finished cleaning up from. <laughs> yes. As far as restoring the condition of your house from your Batmobile uh, shields right. all around. Right. Yeah, the armor. <laughs> Somebody called it window armor, which yeah, I yeah. love. There and and uh, that's exactly, it's been taken down now, yeah. So here's the headline. Biden won't meet DeSantis in Florida during tour of hurricane damage. <laughs> Wrong, wrong, yeah, wrong, yeah, wrong, wrong. Yeah. How it's wrong DeSantis is it? Wrong. Meet, yeah. DeSantis wouldn't meet with Biden. Exactly. The, 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 the headline is a lie. It's yeah. not just misleading. It's a effing lie. So no wonder people believe what they believe falsely about Joe Biden's record right. at this and point. And I've seen many headlines that I wish I had on me from the New York Times and even the Washington Post. If it's about the economy, you can almost bet the word but is in there. <laughs> yeah. I swear to God, every time, I mean, I just saw one over the weekend, blah, 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 you know, great jobs numbers, but uh, why the but? There, there, yeah. there is no, the number, jobs numbers are great. In fact, that's it. Uh, God, I miss a simple reporting of the news <laughs> and, 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 and just being truthful. Um, yeah, yeah. and you're right. Uh, the, 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 and I, God, this breaks my heart to say this because I have been, as you've pointed out, such a defender of the press for, for so many decades. It was the movie, uh, all the president's men that really, I mean, I always wanted to be in broadcasting, but all the yeah. president's men made me want to be a journalist. Mm -hmm. I thought, Oh, that's cool. And I did in fact, bring down a gubernatorial candidate in Kansas in the course of my fledgling career. Um, uh, so uh, this was my inspiration. And to see what the press has become yeah. uh, in the decades since is so heartbreaking. But it's true. They're not our friends. They're not our friends, especially in the headlines. One of the central problems in all of this is I don't think a lot of these, uh, certainly papers of record, fully grasp the stakes of our politics right now. No, and they if, don't. If they do, or if they do, yeah, yeah. If I mean, they do, they're denying it. If they did, I think we would be in better shape. But they refuse to acknowledge the fact that we're in a different paradigm. I don't know exactly when that paradigm shifted. You could say 2016, possibly 2015, 2020, with January 6th. At some point, our political paradigm became something entirely different, and it's an undesirable new 
paradigm. And there are side effects of that, things that uh, we should have in our politics, but which we can't necessarily pay attention to right now, like debating issues with Republicans. That is long gone. We are far past that. There is no communicating with Republicans. The new paradigm, the new paradigm that we're dealing with in politics is a matter of fascism or not fascism. Right. Those are the stakes of our politics at this point. And yes, I would love it if, as I said, we could debate Republicans about the uh, the tax rate on uh, millionaires and billionaires. I would love it. Like the olden days. Yeah, yes. if we could mm-hmm. debate uh, climate policy and and things like that, things like nitty gritty issues that affect well, us all. But it's- while while agreeing on certain basic facts and truths, as opposed to one side saying the sky is green. Right, right. And so over the past few days, I've really been soul searching about how to approach this issue or whether to approach this issue on the show or how in depth to get into it. And I've decided I'm jumping in head first. Which is it? Head first or both feet? Uh, or both. both at the same time? I'm doing both at the so, same time. I'm making so my body kind of into a, kind of a U shape. A, a jack, it says jackknife dive. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Thank you. I gotcha. Doing a jackknife dive right into the issue <laughs> of fat. Fascism in the 2024 election as the stakes of all of this. And I don't approach the F word lightly. I have been thinking about this long and hard. Should I put this out there? Should I, you know, risk the idea of people starting to freak out and thinking, oh my God, are you kidding me? I, I don't necessarily want to overemphasize or exaggerate the existential crisis that we face. But there is an existential crisis, and it's not just about democracy in and of itself. It's about democracy versus fascism. It's essentially, in many ways, it's essentially the stakes that we faced in World War II, but in a domestic kind of cold civil war sense. a, A more direct way that will actually affect your life and the way life in this country goes forward. There was a time not too very long ago that, uh, you know, uh, anyone uh, warning of fascism was considered nuts. It was considered an extreme, you know, wow, you're way out there if you think uh, fascism is at the door. Uh, and and there was a time that would have been true, you know. Yeah. But now, now this this cry of wolf, there really is a wolf. There yeah. really, yeah. no, there really. Trust me, there really is a wolf. Bob's right. I too am ready to jump in. Am jumping in. Have jumped in with both feet and my head first in a jackknife dive <laughs> uh, into into saying we have a very simple and vital choice yeah. in the twenty twenty four election. Yep. Fascism or 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 not yes. fascism or continued democracy, uh, uh, the American life that we've come to know. Right, and the, I think the framing on this show of the 2024 election stakes uh-huh. will circulate around the idea of fascism or not fascism. Just to be clear we, about where we're heading for the next whatever it is, 14 months. We uh, we have to accept that. How we sell that to independent voters, yeah. or to undecided voters, I, I again, I think we have to tread lightly because there's still a sort of crazy vibe attached to a cry mm. of fascism. But it's like I said, there really is a wolf this time we need to convey uh to as many open-minded voters as possible hmm. uh, the importance of 
uh, and I just had sort of a, an epiphany there because it really is about undecided uh, voters. Isn't yeah, it? I yeah. mean, uh, what what however few there may be, but they're they're the tipping point, and we must convey to them uh, the uh, the the stakes here, the the very simple almost deadly choice we face here. Certainly existential, as Bob said. I mean, you can tread lightly if you'd like. I personally am not going to tread lightly. No, 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 no not, not on the show. I'm just saying out in our lives. I, on I the see. show, we're going full bore. I'm definitely <laughs> all, all in. I'm all saying right. out, in, out in the real world, as we right. approach other people who are on the fence or think maybe both sides are the same, uh, if they'll talk to you, uh, it's, we need to stress to them uh, that, that that very simple existential choice that we are facing mm -hmm. uh, you know it's it, it's almost as if uh, wolf has been cried too many times in terms of the, the the line this is the most important election of our lives yeah uh, that all seems trivial now in the past when compared to this election which really is not only the most important election in our lives but the most important election in the history of this country and, you know, I, I've been kind of playing with this concept for some time now, uh, uh, the, uh, the notion that Donald Trump, if elected, will not lead. The purpose of the Republican Party right now lead, yeah. is to install this guy so that he can become the next Vladimir Putin. And certainly that's OK with him because he wants to be the next Vladimir Putin. But in the process of that, the style of politics that we would get, the style of governance that we would get in that scenario is inherently fascistic. And so that's what we're talking about here. And I intend to emphasize, I intend to frame what would happen in that eventuality as being fascism. And I think that, and certainly I've said that word many times, I used to use, I coined actually the term fascist idiocracy as being right. sort of the eventuality of a permanent Trump reign. But this is entirely 1,000% deadly serious. And some of the things that have affected my um, approach to this, one of the things is something we're going to talk about here in a few minutes, is Elon Musk and how he's been handling uh, anti-Semitism on right. Twitter, on this massive platform that he has control over now. But uh, there's a book that's out right now called Undertow. It's by uh, an author called Jeff Charlotte. And he did this thing where he went around reporting um, on various mega churches throughout the Midwest, through the red states, through, through Trump country, basically. Right, right. And how a lot of these churches are, it's, it's no longer about finding Jesus. It's about uh, generating a pro-Trump civil war in this country. <laughs> It's about fighting, finding Jesus and beating him up. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Well, that I mean, that's part of it, where they're yeah. actually yeah. rejecting the teachings of Jesus, uh, right. the Sermon on the Mount, et cetera, exactly. because it's too weak. These people who claim to be Christians are saying, well, think, Jesus think was Jesus too weak. Jesus was yeah. a pussy. Yeah, yeah. right, exactly. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm sorry to use that term, but that's what they think. Yes, and what yeah. they're doing, apart from their views on Jesus, what they're doing is recruiting people to participate in this civil war. And, and, they, yeah, and they've become political, and they still yeah. get the tax breaks, which pisses a lot of us off. Right. But yeah, the churches have become really political. The right-wing churches have. So a lot of the infrastructure, the political infrastructure that we've seen that was mobilized, let's say, over the last 50, 60 years on the Republican side, is now being used to bring about this fascist state in the United States, to transform us from being a democratic republic into some sort of fascist authoritarian government. Right. And that's on the horizon. And so 
I understand when people come at me and say, and I'm talking, you know, mainly about, for lack of a better term, Bernie-style liberals. Okay. What are you talking about, Bob? We're allowed to vote for whoever we want to vote for. Why are you telling me about fascism? I'm more concerned about this issue or that issue. My pet issue is the most important issue, and I don't care what you say about the stakes of this election. But if there's fascism, your yeah. vision will never get, take reality. Will never be. Will never take hold. Yeah, I, I understand. I sympathize with that point of view. I don't agree with it at all because once again, it, you know, it is an undesirable place to be where we can't necessarily debate issues because right. there is this bigger umbrella-sized issue of the preservation of American right. democracy. Right, and, and that's the point we have to make. If your issue is uh, abortion rights, if your issue is climate if your issue is all of those things and more yeah uh you you can't you're not going to get what you want yeah if fascism takes hold right so if you're really that dedicated to your pet issue you need to look at the forest and not just that tree you're, you need to look at the bigger picture you yeah. need to, to go up above it all and see that what you want will not come to pass if fascism takes hold and that's uh, I think uh, something that we have to sell that's that's what I was saying in terms of of making an argument uh, you know for them there I, has- I don't know if you misunderstood me there or no, it makes total sense. The thing is that uh, the stakes demand that we all mobilize around this concept. Right. If right. we can all mobilize, if we can all get on the same side and at the very least agree, whether we're the talking about us, the better. never yeah. Trump Republicans all the way down through the Bernie leftists and so on. Right. I'm just I'm talking about people who are still gettable. If this entire coalition can mobilize around the idea that we are pushing back against the rise of fascism in this country, right. then I think we have a solid chance I, of being victorious in this. I totally, I totally, yeah. I totally agree, and I agree with your inclusion of some Republicans in that because there are Republicans who have the same fear of fascism. They see it as we do. Yeah. Uh, we, we're not alone. Uh, some, a few Republicans also see what we're seeing. Uh, I think a good number of independents, and it's our job to work on those folks, mm-hmm. a good number of independents see what we're seeing. Yeah. Bob's right. We need a coalition, and here's why we need a coalition. Because of uh, this story here from the Associated Press uh, out of Washington, D.C., uh, by Lisa Mascaro. The headline is conservative groups draw a plan to dismantle the U.S. government and replace it with Trump's vision. Mm -hmm. First line of the story, and then I'll stop. With more than a year to go before the 24 election, a constellation of cons- a constellation of conservative organizations is preparing for a possible second White House term for Donald Trump, I'll insert, or someone like him, <laughs> recruiting thousands of Americans to come to Washington on a mission to dismantle the federal government and replace it with a vision closer to its own. They had a booth at the state fair in Des Moines, Bob, where they were recruiting people to come to Washington to fill certain positions in government when Trump is elected and he wipes out all of the civil service workers yes, and and, and shrinks government to, to nothing and brings in only his supporters, only his people to handle uh, the, the, what he considers the most crucial things to be handled. Yep. They are actually out at the state fairs and, and elsewhere recruiting people to come to Washington to fill the jobs of the new Trump administration. Right. And and they want to uh, dismantle the US government and replace it with 
Trumpism. Yeah, yeah. On top of Fa- that. Fascism. Yeah. One of the things I mentioned in that article, too, is bringing the Department of Justice under the umbrella of the White House. Yes. So yes. that when Donald Trump becomes president, uh, I should say, if Donald Trump becomes president, I'm not going to win someone, just yet. Or someone like him. Someone like him becomes president. Yeah. What they want to do is eliminate the independence of the Justice Department and then make the uh, Justice Department the personal police force, the Gestapo of the Trump White House, for example. And that's something that is in this plan, in this Project 2025, as they're calling right. it. That's one of the main tenets of that. Because you know what? They're not interested in dismantling the FBI and the deep state and everything like that. What they want to do is they want to commandeer it. Keep the tools they can use against enemies. Right. Uh, and they want to get rid of the rest of government as to the degree that they can. Yeah. So there are other dynamics circulating around this uh, yes. where Donald Trump has made some promises here. You know, might as well mention this now. He uh, trothed the other day. And speaking of uh, troth central. Troth, truth central. Got some news about that coming up here in a minute. Good. Excellent. <laughs> so he trothed the other day. Uh, the crooked Joe Biden campaign has thrown so many indictments and lawsuits against me that Republicans are already thinking about what we are going to do to Biden and the communists when it's our turn. They have started a whole new banana republic way of thinking about political campaigns. So cheap and dirty, but that's where America is right now. Be careful what you wish for. Mm-hmm. This is Donald Trump basically saying that uh, vengeance for these lawful evidence-based yeah. prosecutions will come in the form of unlawful imprisonment of the innocent. He has said out loud, I am your retribution. Exactly. He said to his supporters, I am your retribution. So there's another dimension to the incoming fascism. If we mm-hmm. don't all get our heads screwed on right about this forthcoming election. And yeah, you know what? There has been many elections. We've gone through this on many cycles, many occasions where he said, this is the most important election. But that's the kind of paradigm we're in right now, where it is going to be one of those things where we're constantly having to triage our politics and making sure that we're sandbagging against the rising tide of fascism. And that's become the stakes. And it sucks. It sucks to have to politically strategize this way. Because I I understand the need to talk about issues, and I understand the need to say, well, I don't want to be a disciple of the Democratic Party or any party for that matter. I want to vote based on my values. I understand that. But you know what? The problem here is... Not this week, Jack. Yeah, given the stakes of fascism versus not fascism, we have to all congeal around this... This formerly undesirable notion of being rubber stamps for the Democratic Party when we enter that voting booth. And that means not getting too wrapped up into, oh, is Biden too old? Are we not seeing the full effect of low unemployment yet? Are we still paying too much for eggs at the grocery store or gasoline at the pump? These are things that are certainly concerns, personal concerns that we should all have on some level, but we can't use those things to undermine the not-fascism side of this equation that we're facing politically in this country. Or would you rather be a fascist? Uh, (laughs) If you want to stop the rising tide of water on our coastal communities, you need to stop the rising tide of fascism because fascism will never address your concern. Whatever, to Bob's point earlier, whatever your specific issue is, uh, you're not going to get it uh, if there's fascism. So it really is 
not about your issue. Mm -hmm. It's it's not. I'm sorry. I mean, it is, but it isn't. If you want your issue to, if you want to succeed on your issue, you have to first defeat fascism because yeah. that's what we're up against. And I honestly believe that we're looking at some form of that. If if anything happens to Trump, be it uh, cholesterol or or <laughs> imprisonment, and I think it really could be either. Of those. This is making me giggle. I'm just as soon as you say oh, something sure. like that, I, I start giggling. I, I, I get it. I get I get the Schadenfreude. I I have some of that myself. <laughs> but but uh, you know, if one or the other uh, takes him, uh, uh, then it's going to be DeSantis. It could be a, a Ramaswamy or. Yeah. Wamaswamy, as somebody called him recently. Uh, I, I think uh, we're still looking at fascism. I yeah. think regardless of, 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 you know, if Trump, as far back as DeSantis is, you know, what is it, that Trump has 59% uh, to, uh, to uh, DeSantis' is thir you know, 13%. Uh, if Trump gets out of the way, as I've said before, guess what? Guess who becomes number one? Mm -hmm. uh, just for lack of a better, but uh, there's, there's hope in this too. And I want to at some point talk about uh, the hope in defeating fascism, but it is important to first and foremost underscore that this is a very real threat. This is not some crazy old guy on the corner screaming about no. fascism. No. This is this is in the Associated Press that the Republicans are organizing to take control and keep control. Uh, one Republican said recently, uh, Republicans would never lose another. If we get Trump elected, Republicans would never lose another election. That, ladies and gentlemen, is fascism. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I don't enter this kind of uh, dialogue. I don't enter this kind of framing lightly. Uh, I've thought long and hard about right. this. It's uh, been one of those I. things where because we have an audience on this show, it's our responsibility to not inflame things just for the sake of inflaming them, just for the sake yeah, of clout no, or downloads. Yeah, I, I think folks know we don't do that. Right, right. But I think it's come to the point now where I've seen enough and I yeah. know enough to be able to define the stakes of our elections, plural, around this paradigm. And, uh, and I don't like the idea of having to spend the next 14 months saying, hey, you know what, if Trump wins, it's fascism. I don't, yeah. That's not a desirable thing for me. But I, at the same time, you, you were mentioning Ron well. DeSantis. I wanted to say, and this may get me in trouble, but Florida, your state, Buzz, yeah. is partially fascistic at this point the book bans the oppression yeah. of uh of uh, lgbtq the oppression of uh, the oppression of black people i love that a, a judge has overturned uh desantis's efforts to eliminate a black voting district in this state mm -hmm. that voting district has been restored by a court desantis loses ha ha yeah. uh disney disney has made some clever moves in its battle uh with desantis and i've always believed it will prevail disney will be here long after he's gone uh and uh, although uh he performed reasonably well in the recent hurricane uh, disaster uh, he still says uh, outrageous things and hateful yep. things and inflames uh, the fashion. We, we are now having uh, neo-Nazi rallies all over the state. Yep. One bridge in Orlando Saw was that. lined from one end to another with guys in red shirts. They're, they call them they're the red shirts. Yep. And uh, that, But they had uh, Nazi armbands, swastika armbands, swastika flags. They were doing the Hitler salute. And because they're... 
wimps. Uh, I don't want to use the P word because they they, yeah. they 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 are wimps. They wore masks mm-hmm. because they are cowards. cowards. They they wore masks. Yeah. But they're here and in a disturbing number. Yeah. And in a disturbing number of locations. And so yeah, between the book bans and the oppression of uh, the most vulnerable of our fellow citizens, and uh, the the rise of neo Nazi or wannabe Nazi uh, rallies throughout the state. Yeah, it's a bit fascist fascistic down here. Yeah. And yeah. if you you know, and one of one of DeSantis's mottos is make America. America, Florida. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? If, is that what you want? No, that's no, I don't think anybody wants that. And I think there are a good number of Republicans who don't want that. Uh, this is one of the signs of hope for us. Republican Party is screwed. As Bob has said before, they have no bench. If there's any hope in, in this, that's one of the bits of hope. And the division of the Republican Party is, is very much a part of that. There are other signs of hope as well. One of the responses I often get, Buzz, when I talk about this shit is mm-hmm. that there's always been neo-Nazis in the United States. There's always been fascism yeah, on some level, true. groups here true. and there. And you know what? Yeah, that's true. But it's we always used to been- keep them in basements. <laughs> exactly. It's always been decentralized. They've always been sort and of smaller. scattered and hiding in their little cowardly anonymous holes somewhere. The Stormfront discussion forums and Eight Kun and all that crap. But, but it's grown in visibility and number, and I we have to give the credit blame to that to Donald Trump. But yeah, it's all centered now around this flawed messiah of theirs, and that's right, how they see right. him. They see him as a deity, as a guy who oh, God yeah. has chosen to right. lead them in this pursuit toward American fascism. And what's driving this is, in large part, that messianic worship of Donald Trump from the perspective using ideas of white supremacy and uh, suppression of others and persecution of trans people in the LGBTQ community, persecution of black people. Uh, this this is, racism, this racism and this hate has come yeah. out of the closet and Donald Trump made it okay yeah. because he was saying the kinds of things that that emboldened uh, and gave uh, some kind of false courage to these folks. Yes. So this is percolating, and we don't always see it on Twitter. We don't always see it on Facebook. We we do a pretty good job sometimes of hiding away in our little epistemic bubbles, and in a large part, that's that's fine. As long as we take a look around once in a while, as long as we, you know, put the periscope up and see what's going on, and when you do that, you discover that. There are, you know, these uh, strip malls of mega churches where the preachers there are recruiting people to join them in their effort to inaugurate an age of uh, white supremacist fascism in this country. And, And this is really happening. And now they're mobilizing for 2024 to make sure that Donald Trump gets elected. And what we have to do- stays elected. Exactly. And we're in this position too, where we're, as I've been saying for the past few weeks, we often end up like the old man in the sea with his big fish. And the big fish is our voting base. And as we get closer to shore, shore being the 2024 election, Oftentimes that voting base gets picked away by sharks. Some of that picking away is in the form of leftist voters deciding to vote for a third party candidate. Some of it is voter suppression. Some of it is election workers being replaced or fired at the local level with people who support the MAGA agenda. I could do this list all day. I think it's important to note. I just, it is an important note, I think. It's It's not just leftists who will be 
or who are of a mind to support a third-party candidate. Mm -hmm. It's everyday Americans who think yeah. both guys are too old, they don't like either one of them, uh, and, and they're looking for something different. Yeah. And uh, some of them believe, well, we just need to get out of this whole two-party thing and do something else. So I think there's some pretty, in addition to leftists, I think there's some pretty average Americans who are looking at third party. And as you're saying here, to underscore your point, this is a real danger. Yeah, it absolutely is. And you know what? Uh, I just <laughs> I noticed we're way late for a break. So we got we to take a, a short break, and when we come back, we got to talk about the social media aspect, the social media angle on all of this which circulates directly around Elon Musk, but also to an extent, Blueski's Jack Dorsey. <laughs> and by the oh, way, oh. I have, I'm officially Why? referring to Blue Sky as Blueski. Oh, okay. Why? Okay. Well, <laughs> Jack Dorsey is responsible uh, for one of the more heinous things that has happened to Twitter. Oh, oh, oh dear. Okay. Yeah, and All this right. goes well. back. This goes back to pre-Elon years, and this well, involves. I need to know. I need to know more about this because I'm on there. Yes. Okay. Well, this is not directly about Bluesky, but this may be uh, an indication of what Bluesky could be up to in oh, the future, brother. given the fact that Jack Dorsey is in charge of Bluesky and was in charge of Twitter when this all went down. So suffice right. to say, Jack Dorsey, not our friend either. Not our oh, friend. Dear. So <laughs> we'll get into all of that and a whole mm. lot more right after these mm. words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath & Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Bob Seska. Once upon a nightingale I cast the dream of a thousand sails Hanging crosses, rusty nails 
Suburban streets and fairy tales Stood on corners with despair And a thousand demons in my hair Fears of fickle carousel Well lit the road that leads to hell Yep, Michael McDermott. Yep. And uh, one of my favorite songs by this guy. It's a track called Positively Central Park. I played this on the after party a couple of weeks ago and got so many accolades for this song right here. I got a link in the description under this episode at bobseska.com. Just go to uh, that website address and uh, find this episode dated 9523. Click on that link, scroll on down, and you can buy this song. You buy the whole goddamn album while you're at it. Why don't you? It's awesome. Michael McDermott, one of the best of the best here in the show. All right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this would be a good place to point out that we are aware, uh, and uh, you know, we know a lot of people are thinking about uh, uh, we've lost three musicians this past weekend. Uh, yeah. Jimmy Buffett, of course, who I was never a parrot head, but there are a handful or a half dozen songs of his that, mm-hmm. that I love. And, uh, you know, I moved to Florida for uh, the Aloha shirts and flip-flops. So, or <laughs> in my case, or bare feet in my case. Yeah. Uh, I, it's, so I embrace that that sort of lifestyle. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and, and uh, Steve Harwell of Smash Mouth, uh, what a distinctive voice and, and uh, a brilliant uh, hit writer. Uh, he he was, uh, and and then uh, Gary Wright, who brought us Dreamweaver. In oh the, yeah, in the mid nineteen seventies. Uh, so we lost three really good musicians over the weekend, and we know some people are feeling that, and we just wanted to acknowledge uh, acknowledge their passing. That Dreamweaver single, you know what I remember that from more than anything else. What's that? <laughs> this just shows my age. Uh, the movie Wayne's World. It was <laughs> it was featured prominently on Wayne's World when. Yeah, I think uh, Garth was fantasizing about Donna Dixon. <laughs> I, I, I was, uh, I was, I was. That was a hit when I was working in New Orleans, and yeah, uh, yeah. I worked on uh, two radio stations there at the same time. I would do a newscast on WNOE, uh, Governor James A. Nose Station, and it was a top forty sort of. And then I would turn around and do news for. This is the radio one hundred one <laughs> FM, and I would do, and I would do the news this way. Uh, and and so it was just two different and the same guy, you know, just different styles on different stations. But, but yeah, that was a hit. So I have New Orleans memories attached to Gary Wright's dream. You know what we should do is you should use that voice on the show for an entire episode of the show, and we say nothing about it. That this you just great. come on and start talking like that. Yeah, Bob, I'm really glad to be here. And, uh, I'm worried about fascism. <laughs> See, I can just play, I play your jingle, and you just start. Talking. You say Ah, fascism. You've said it all. Sorry. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. All right. You know, let's let's uh, uh, talk about the Elon Musk angle on all of this. Elon yeah. Musk is, of course, in the process of aiding and abetting this lurch toward fascism in the United States. And one of the things that he is bringing to the table is rampant online anti-Semitism. This is not anything new. I'm not breaking any news here. We're all aware of Elon Musk's record when it comes to this particular issue. So uh, he went on a tirade this weekend about the Anti-Defamation League, which those of you who don't know, the Anti-Defamation League was formed in order to protect 
Jewish people and other minorities against oppression. Uh, you know, certainly emerging out of, you know, obviously the Holocaust and things like that. Uh, this is an absolutely necessary organization that does amazing work to protect these groups. And to Elon, never forget. Exactly. Elon Musk has gone after them. And in addition to other things, like he was talking about making the polls, the poll questions on Twitter, exclusive right. to people who pay Elon Musk, essentially using kind of a poll tax model for, uh -huh. for yeah, Twitter. Uh, I mean, that's, uh, that's where right. we are, right? Poll taxes. Right. And then he added in this particular tweet the other day, he said, the ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, has done a lot of good work in prior decades. That's big of him. But has been overzealous in recent years and hijacked by the woke mind virus. Oh no, not so, the woke people. Yeah, not the, woke the people who are not the people who are conscious. That's right. Not not, not the people who are conscious. Right, <laughs> comparing the ADL to a virus. And that's how it started. Uh -huh. Then he sir, started liking the ban the ADL hashtag. Mm-hmm which was a thing that started circulating. There was a right. tweet over the weekend, and I think it's still up, where it said, F the Jews, and it had more than a million views. Of course it did. Still Thank up. You, Elon Musk. Not removed by Elon Musk's Twitter. What a, what a great guy. X. Because yeah. he, he intention, because this is the result he wanted by firing all the people who used to moderate that crap. Right. So then he tweeted later on, because I'm sure he was getting heat from his CEO a little bit, maybe his ad sales department, if there even is one, uh, maybe from some advertisers, what, whatever. What happened, to the, what happened to the woman he made CEO? Why is he still putzing with this? <laughs> Just watching. So Elon Musk tweeted, to be super clear, I'm pro-free speech, but against anti-Semitism of any kind. There it is. Yeah. yeah, no, he's not. He's not against anti-Semitism because just a few minutes later, he tweeted this. Since the acquisition, the acquisition of Twitter. The acquisition. The, the, acquisition. <laughs> the ADL has been trying to kill this platform by falsely accusing it and me of being anti-Semitic. Our U.S. advertising revenue is still down 60%. Ha, 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 ha. That's funny to me. It is. Primarily due to pressure on advertisers by the ADL. That's what advertisers tell us. So they almost succeeded in killing X slash Twitter. So <laughs> what he's saying here is the Jews almost killed Twitter. He's blaming the financial issues that Elon Musk has brought upon himself. And I think anyone observing Elon Musk and Twitter realizes that. But yeah. he is now blaming the Jews for this. And that just is like inherently, a, yeah. Yeah, just like a good little neo-Nazi. Exactly. And it's that's so, what they do. That's what they do. They blame the Jews for everything, and Elon Musk is no different from them. So he says, I'm against anti-Semitism of any kind, except when I blame Jews for killing Twitter. There's exactly. that that exception. The Jews killed Christ and Twitter. Now, now there's your argument for your neo-Nazis. So what we're talking about here is, I don't know, maybe the most populated social media platform, at least when it comes yeah. to politics and interaction around politics, has now been commandeered by someone who is flagrantly anti-Semitic and has also decided to sue the ADL for defamation. Because the ADL is doing what it does, which is to say, hey, that, that group, that company is anti-Semitic, don't advertise with them. And now Elon Musk is going to sue them into oblivion because he can afford to do that. 
That's the other thing. I mean, that's a whole separate topic. And I don't know if it necessarily dovetails with the notion of fascism, but this whole idea of, does, yeah. of seeing someone who's saying something nasty about you and going, hey, you know what? Fuck you. I'm suing you because you said something mean about me or you're just doing your job of activism and it happens to be negatively affecting us. We could take action that would improve our platform, but instead, no, what we're going to do is we're going to sue the person or sue the organization that's doing that. And that Elon Musk also says that he supports free speech. No, he doesn't. If he's filing defamation suits against people, that is the opposite of supporting free speech. That's the other thing. I mean, there's another dimension. It's like this Orwellian concept of, oh, yes, I support free speech, except if you're mean to me, if you boycott our advertisers, I'm going to sue you, which means you cannot exercise free speech in this context, which means he's not an, uh, a free speech absolutist. So th nah, there's Elon Musk. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I want to talk about hope at some point, but I have to tell you, I have to be honest uh, about how sad I feel. Uh, and uh, it, with it, because these things never would have happened before. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I, I didn't grow up in a world where there would be an Elon Musk, and yet we have one now. I didn't grow up in a world where uh, the choice at election time was included the choice of fascism. Uh, this is very sad. This is the world we live in now. Yeah. Uh, this kind of thing, you know, on this kind of scale, uh, I just didn't happen in the world that I, in the America that I grew up in. Uh, you know, I, I you know, you hear the right wing talking about uh, they don't like the changes the, the country's been through, and they have different reasons for that, including racism. But uh, I, I too am dissatisfied with how we've progressed over the last uh, 40, 50 years, maybe more. Uh, it's, it's, it's not, it's not, America is not the comfortable place it used to be. It's scary now because of the likes of Elon Musk and Jack Dorsey and Donald Trump and at all. Yeah, I know what you mean. And I feel a similar thing when it comes to not only the overall political debate in this country, which when I started doing this was, as I've been saying, about you know debating issues and, and having a common set of facts that sit at the core of that debate. I also miss Twitter. And those of you who hate Twitter, who have never been on Twitter, you will not understand what I'm saying. Those of us who have used it, or those of us who recognize what it is in an objective sense, know that it is really or was really the, the global town square. People from politics to entertainment to everyone circulating around uh, used Twitter to communicate, to engage, to connect, to network. Now it's been blown to shit. And I think some of us who have been part of that process, who have been for a decade or more, been providing content for that website, we're going through a mourning process because we yes. see this platform being ripped to shreds for no good fucking reason. Uh, it would be one thing if, okay, we're, we're really in the hole and it's, the, the platform is dying, so we need to make changes. That's not what's happening here. Elon Musk came into a successful platform and turned it into a shithole. I can't help but think that because it didn't used to be this way. Uh, yeah. Twitter didn't used to be like this. Uh, our politics didn't used to be like this. Yeah. Living in Florida didn't used to be like this. Mm -hmm. um, it, when I moved here, it again, uh, it was a purple state. I thought it was safe to come here. Yeah. It was a, a solidly purple state. Yeah. It had elected Obama twice. Uh, 
uh, we were uh, Democrats and progressives were one of the major forces here, and uh, we've fallen badly. Yeah, and and Republicans have cheated and trampled us. Um, I, I think there's hope for a comeback. My feeling is that whether you're talking about the nation or Florida or Twitter, that if it had been one thing and it's changed to this. Why can't we change it back? And 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 doesn't that mean that if it can change, it can change back or change into something better? So if I if I draw any hope from this uh, landscape of hopelessness, it is that well these things weren't like this before. Maybe we can fix that. Yeah, I, I'm I'm convinced we can. And and again, I I will. I think it's important because of the very serious topics we're discussing to to offer some hope in all of this. Then that brings us to Jack Dorsey. Yeah. And to be clear, Jack Dorsey, I've started to move away from Blue Sky. I'm on Blue Sky. I'm really not going to engage as much on Blue Sky. I may pop in with a promotion for the podcast or something like that. But I'm really leaning toward uh, using exclusively uh, threads and Spoutable. Spoutable seems to be one of the safest places as as far as as corporate control. Because we know it's one guy. We know that he doesn't have a track record when it comes to doing awful things on social media. And, you know, you may not like the cut of his jib. I'm talking about Christopher Boozy. You may not like the way he presents himself on Twitter. But you know what? He's not a Nazi enabler. He's He's not an ally of the Saudis. Right. Where we know Elon Musk is, but we also know from this latest story that Jack Dorsey is, too. So not only did Jack Dorsey sue Elon Musk to force him to buy Twitter, but uh, the social media company, formerly known as Twitter, has been accused in a revised civil U.S. lawsuit of helping Saudi Arabia. This is uh, I want to emphasize this is 2014, 2015 helping Saudi Arabia commit grave human rights abuses against its users, including uh, by disclosing confidential user data at the request of Saudi authorities at a much higher rate than it has for the U.S., the U.K., or Canada. The lawsuit was brought last May against X, as Twitter is now known, by Arjij al Saddam, the sister of a Saudi aid worker who was forcibly disappeared and then later sentenced to 20 years in jail. It centers around the events surrounding the infiltration of the California company by three Saudi agents. Two of them were posing as Twitter employees in 2014 and 2015, which ultimately led to the arrest of Al-Sadan's brother, uh, Abdul Rahman, and the exposure of the identity of thousands of anonymous Twitter users, some of whom were later reportedly detained and tortured as part of the government's crackdown on dissent. And Jack Dorsey's Twitter aided in that enterprise, the enterprise of torturing and cracking down on dissent, imprisoning people based on disclosing of confidential user data at the request of Saudi authorities, by Twitter. So this is the shit we got to watch out for. And if Jack Dorsey was susceptible to that sort of thing in 2014 and 2015 at Twitter, what's in store for Blueski? 
When how should our how should our listeners respond to this information? Not using Blueski, uh, as I'm, I think we've mentioned before. You and I have slightly different uh, approaches to social media. Uh, you you take a much more scientific approach because it it it, it goes directly to your business. You know, mm. and that's the business of yeah. of distributing these podcasts. Uh, for me, I just like sharing breaking news and promoting your show. So I'm on, uh, and I think I said this last week. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Threads. Spoutable blue sky notes and post. And uh, here's my thinking is uh, between the five or six of them, um, I can reach a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, more, more people than if I just chose one outlet. I don't read it. I mean, if I read anything, I'm with you. If I read anything, if I read any of these websites, I'm reading Twitter. But I don't even do that much anymore because of the very things we've been talking about, because of how Twitter is not the place it used to be. It's ruined. I must say, I'm surprised the wheels haven't come off by now as poorly as it has been run. And I still think the thing could collapse at any moment. Uh, but in the meantime, it's doing some damage and we're all still trying to limp through it. But yeah. I take a scattershot approach and I just hit all of them and read almost none of them and then I go do something else. Exactly. Well, that makes total sense, of course. Um, you know what? We're not going to end the show with bad news. We've got some Thank good you. news coming up here. There's some great mm -hmm. news about Troth Central. Troth, Truth Central. We'll talk about that here in a second. Plus, And about the 14th Amendment. Yeah, and uh, Mark Meadows. This is big yes, news yes, regarding Mark yes. Meadows and the Fulton County case in particular. Uh -huh. Plus, we may uh, have a visit with Tiny Trump. <laughs> oh, good. Always delightful. <laughs> yes. Be careful because he is bitey. But, uh, exactly. Very, very bitey. Watch your fingers. Yeah. Yes. Don't get your fingers too close to his bitey mouth. And you know what I need? I need a Rocky Mountain Mike jingle for Tiny Trump. I think that would be fun. <laughs> uh, we're going nice. to do that. We're going to get into some good news here uh, before we wrap up the show right after these words. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Bob Seska plays more music.
was Resolution Alley and a uh, single called You Are. I love this song. should go get it. Get into your record collection now, right? BobSeska.com. Find this episode and download it. The song, that is. Now you can also download the episode if you want to. All right, you know, and... Uh, that, uh, that Bob Seska plays the best music, don't you think? <laughs> I, I really try to. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm very aware of how uh, negative the first part of this show has been, <laughs> which is to say most of the show. And I really wish that I could find that angle where I could say to you, yes, there's fascism, but you know what? Don't worry about it. Ah, oh, it's no, going to fail. You, it's silly. No, you, they're they're you know they're a bunch got, of buffoons that are constantly getting themselves in trouble. I, yeah, I wish I could look at this with that angle. I understand. I just can't. I can't do it. I, all I can do is to be one hundred percent honest with you. Bring to you what has been rattling around in my head and letting you know that th- these are the things that are going on with our politics right now. They're I'm, recruiting people at state fairs. It's yeah, real. Yes. Believe it. But all of that said, I really try to balance it out by at least having some fun, uh, entertaining, good news (laughs) along the way. And the first story comes to us from uh, the aforementioned Troth Central. Troth Central. So, as you know, they've been trying to merge uh, Trump Media, whatever the name of his uh, media company is. Right. uh, TMTP, or I forget exactly (laughs) the acronym. Uh, Oh, yeah, Trump Media and Technology Group, so TMTG. They've been trying to merge that with this SPAC, DWAC. With the merger stalled for months, Digital World is fast approaching a September 8 deadline for the merger to close and is scheduled a shareholder meeting for Tuesday, that's today, in hopes of getting enough votes to extend the deadline for another year. If the vote fails... Digital World will be required by law to liquidate and return $300 million to its shareholders, leaving Trump's company with nothing from the transaction. Right. And by the way, its share price, I was having fun doing this about a year ago when this all went down, its share price, which peaked in its first hours at $175 a share, has since fallen to about $14 a share. <laughs> plus, plus, we had New York Attorney General Letitia James pointing out this past week in court that Donald Trump's uh, net worth is $2.2 billion less than he's been claiming it is. Right. Absolutely. Two, $2.2 billion less. Yes. Uh, and that was just for one year. Yeah. There yeah, are other year, years where he year. was, yeah, he was uh, overvaluating his assets by a billion dollars a year. Mm-hmm. And there was one year that it was at, what, two and a half million? 2.2 two, two yeah. billion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, meantime, in the Fulton County case, the big yes. headline from this week is uh, from Politico, or the, mm-hmm. the, big, the big headline for today, I should say, is uh, from Politico. And they're reporting that Mark Meadows is planning to flip on Trump in Georgia along with other indicted co-conspirators per uh, Politico. He may as well, Bob. He's already flipped for Jack Smith. He's already t- he spilled the entire can of beans for Jack Smith. Yeah. And and as I said, I think last week, he, he's been jockeying for position to do exactly what you're talking about in this yeah. Politico article. He was looking for other ways to wiggle out of this a little right. bit. And right. now sure. I think he's landing on the idea, well, I got to flip. 
keep myself reality. out of prison. Yeah, absolutely. Reality has hit him. Politico reported on Mark Meadows' potential legal strategy as the White House chief of staff faces charges connected with Trump's alleged conspiracy to overturn the 2020 election results in Georgia. Mm-hmm. The report referred to court documents showing a strong likelihood that Meadows will join Trump's other former allies who will blame the ex-president and portray him as the primary driver of the racketeering enterprise they've been accused of. And this makes me so happy. Yeah. See, now, as bad as the news was for the first part of this show, this completely makes up for it. <laughs> oh, but but wait, there's more. There's still more. Let's hear there's, it. There's more. Uh, there is a uh, tax law uh, attorney in Texas. Uh-huh. And his name is John Anthony Castro. And although you've probably never heard of him, he is a Republican presidential candidate. Yeah. You know, he, he doesn't have enough support. I don't think he's serious about that, but I know he is serious about this. Uh, we know of a Republican in New Hampshire who's filed a 14th Amendment challenge to Trump being on the ballot. Yeah. Now, uh, this tax lawyer, this Republican tax lawyer in Texas is filing challenges, 14th Amendment challenges to Trump's candidacy in Wyoming, Utah, Oklahoma, North Carolina, West Virginia, Montana, Kansas, and Idaho. This, These are enough states to make it impossible for Trump to reach uh, 270. Wow. Uh, if, if he can be gotten off the ballots in these states. And this Republican lawyer is pursuing that. In addition <laughs> to the effort I've uh, brushed by before in New Hampshire and the other efforts that are out there, uh, including uh, our own abilities as citizens to write letters. Uh, there are form letters available for this if you need help. But to write letters to your state's top election officials Urging, regardless of whether they're Republican or Democrat, regardless of whether you're in a red state or blue, write that letter. There is legal precedent, and it'd be wise to mention this, uh, out of out of Arizona, there is legal precedent for keeping an insurrectionist off the ballot. Yeah, and there's there's uh, very very clear arguments now uh, that uh, Trump uh, absolutely performed insurrection against the Constitution, which is exactly how the 14th Amendment, uh, Section 3, reads. Uh, It's about insurrection against the Constitution, not necessarily against the government, but against the Constitution. And Trump absolutely qualifies to be disqualified uh, as a candidate. Uh, yeah. Trump Trump is not eligible to run for president. Pass it on. Uh, we all need to be part of this effort. But know that there are Republicans from New Hampshire to Texas and beyond who are on our side in terms of keeping him off the ballot. Now, realize, without Trump, who becomes number one? Uh, DeSantis, which is a version yep. of Trump. Mm-hmm. Or uh, maybe Ramaswamy, who's a version of Trump. Uh, you know, so uh, be continue to be concerned about fascism, regardless of who the Republican uh, nominee turns out to be, yeah. and, which we're more than a year away from still. As exciting as this notion is, we still have mm-hmm. to figure, I, I think we still need to strategize based on winning electorally. Absolutely. Uh, I don't think we should count Job on one. this, but I think there's mm-hmm. a very strong possibility, especially given that these are Republicans lining up with the yes. 14th Amendment challenge yes, to Donald yes, Trump. Yes. And then this is going to come down to the Supreme Court. And quite honestly, given the balance of power in the Supreme Court, the ideological Mm -hmm. balance there, I I can't say for certain that they're going to go along with the 14th Amendment, Section 3. But I can tell you, there is no optional clause 
of Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. There no. is nothing in there that says, well, maybe or maybe not. It just all depends. There's not an it all depends clause. There. Say, it's say, just a, say, what, yeah. say what you will about the Supreme Court, and whatever you say, you're probably right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> very probably right. Yeah. But, but regardless of what we know about the Supreme Court, in cases that have involved Donald Trump and the Constitution, this court has consistently ruled in favor of the Constitution. Yep. And I believe, I can't guarantee it, but I strongly believe that they will again when it gets right down to it. And so it's important that we have these court cases that get pushed to the Supreme Court so that they have to make this decision. And I think they'll make the decision that they have to make, which is to side with the Constitution. I have a lot of faith in that. I really do, because I think even... Even some of the justices appointed by Trump, uh, you know, uh, Thomas will be obstinate because that's what he does. Yeah. But but even some of the ones appointed by Trump, I think, will vote against him and for the Constitution if we can just get this question before him. And that's why it's important that each of us who, you know, please, please, please make some effort. If you dig back through my timeline, maybe I should post, post it again. Uh, there's a form letter available uh, where you can write your state's top election officials. It's easy to Google who that is or what what organization that is. And and to send this letter, uh, uh, to whether you do it by mail or fax or email, uh, it's important that it get into their hands that there's a there are legal arguments for keeping him off the ballot and that they should consider doing exactly that it couldn't hurt and it, it certainly i think it's the combined effort of all these things that could keep him off the ballot because of the fascists in the republican stable running for president uh he is the one to most fear i think yeah. in terms of taking office and never letting it go uh and and so uh, it's important but as bob said you know job one is to make sure that Biden gets reelected uh, yeah. and, and that Trump does not get reelected. And there is a school of thought that there are some Republicans who have heretofore supported Donald Trump who would actually really love it if he were out of the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know oh, I mean? oh, oh, oh. And surveys of Republicans yeah. show that a majority, regardless, even it's it's so beautiful because a vast majority of Republicans, that's like 70% in that neighborhood uh, or 79, support uh, Donald Trump. Uh, uh, in this 24 election. But if you ask them, and it, they've been asked, would you prefer somebody else? Uh, a majority of them uh, clearly said, yes, we would prefer somebody other than Trump. Having no one other than Trump, they support Trump. But right. bec but if uh, they they would rather it wasn't Trump. So even uh, not only are Republicans divided against each other, they're divided within themselves. Individual Republicans are divided within themselves because they don't want Biden, but they don't want Trump. And that, <laughs> right. that, that, that by the way, raises fears of a third party. But uh, we'll deal with that. Okay, so before we wrap up here, and the show is a little bit long today, but that's okay. What? It's a podcast. We never do that. I know, yeah. I know. Uh, but I, I want to play this tape of Tiny Trump talking about yes. his mugshot T-shirts. <laughs> you know, as billionaires have to do, uh -huh. <laughs> selling T-shirts of their own mugshots in order to make money so they can defend themselves legally. Billionaires have to yes. do this. Yes. Here's a uh, Tiny Trump. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Uh, but here, here's Tiny Trump pitching his mugshot T-shirt, and there's a uh, an important legal uh, discussion to be had after this, yes, too. Yes, so we'll is. talk about that in a second. But here he is. Is there anyone on the planet that doesn't know what I look like? I wish there were some people like that. That'd be very nice for me. 
And yet, for some reason, the communist. So, yeah, so Tiny Trump thinks it'd be very nice if he wasn't recognized as often. Anonymous. That's yeah. a bunch of horseshit right there. No one loves right. to be recognized or be the center of attention more than Donald Trump. He's made his career of it. Yeah. yeah see also the last five decades of his life. Yes. <laughs> so that is horseshit. It's like, oh my God, I really wish I could go around anonymously. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> Donald Trump has never really seriously thought that. Ever, 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 ever. Is there anyone on the planet that doesn't know what I look like? I wish there were some people like that. That'd be very nice for me. Mm -hmm. And yet, for some reason, the communist Democrats in Atlanta made a mugshot of me. That's a mugshot. Oh, yeah. By the way, he seemed to not understand what a mugshot was. At one point. It's like, I've never heard the term mugshot before. What is this thing? Yes. Yeah, what is this thing they're doing taking a picture of me? <laughs> I don't understand this. I've never seen a mafia movie or any movie involving crime and people getting arrested and their mugshot taken. Ah, it's never happened. What is this? This is a new invention that they're using just against me, right? Just him. Because I said the election was rigged, and I believe it more strongly than ever. It was a rigged election. We all know why, and we know what they're doing, and we certainly get it. But I know I'm your favorite president, and they make me look like a criminal, but it completely... No, you, you do that well enough yourself. Yeah, yeah, you were the one, you were the one hiding your four chins, yes. <laughs> exactly. But he also does a really good job of making himself look like a criminal. Totally backfired, as you probably read. Since my mugshot was released, our campaign has raised over $10 million. The people... Okay, a note about that. It's probably the same people. It doesn't necessarily indicate that they're expanding their uh, contributor base. Mm. It's probably the same people just emptying their life savings and their checking accounts, giving them, uh, giving all that money over to Donald Trump. Or I mean, sorry, I'm sorry, Tiny Trump uh -huh. is getting all that money. It's not. No one knew. No one's like, oh, first time going. Oh, yeah, yeah look at that mugshot. You know what? I'm going to support that guy. Uh, here's some money for the first time. That's not happening. Not happening at all. Get it? The people know this is a sham and a scam. This is nothing but election interference. They want to interfere with our election. So is that is that what interference is? I'm, I'm so glad that he clarified that. Yeah, interference, election interference is when you interfere with an election, Bob. Thank, yes, I didn't know that until just no. now. Thank you so clarifying. much for clarifying. They can try and damage me with all these bullshit lawsuits that you see. Oh, my God, he said bullshit. <laughs> he did. Oh, hero. Yeah, when he does that at his rallies, it's so hilarious. Everyone reacts as though... That's the greatest thing in the world. Ooh, what a brave Ooh, man. He said, he said bullshit. He says, what we're think he says what we're thinking. He talks like we talk. <laughs> yes, they love it. Flying all over the place. But it's election interference is orchestrated by crooked Joe Biden, the worst president in the history of our country. Oh, yeah? Along with the deep state. And on November 5th, 2024, it's going to backfire again when we win back the White House and make America great again. I just want to thank you for your tremendous support, and here it is. If you want to go out and get it, he's holding up the uh, the T-shirt now and showing it. Uh -huh. it says it's got the mugshot on it, and then underneath it says "Never Surrender," right? Which is the most ironic thing because ever. It's a picture of him surrendering to authority. <laughs> exactly yes. right. And the other thing that I noticed about the the video of him holding up that T-shirt is uh -huh. he's got his hand like right in front of his face, so you can see the contrast between the color of his actual skin. That, oh, I see. That canned ham pink skin uh -huh. versus uh -huh. the orange Cheeto face makeup that he wears, right. the, the, the right. kabuki makeup that he wears on his face. <laughs> and it's the contrast is incredible. It's amazing. You can go out and get it. Have fun with it.
Have fun with well, it. People do like it, I must say. Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> well, I don't know what he means by having fun with it. What, what does that indicate? Well, wearing the shirts and things. I, I guess that would be, yeah, that would be yeah. fun, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. Anyway. So we're, we're yeah. putting it back in the box then. It's Good. Back in the let, cigar box. Let me add two things about that as we as they play us out here. Uh, yeah. One, uh, I've got this meme. I don't post memes, but I really love this. It says, the Kubrick stare, the Kubrick stare, oh, yeah. is one of director Stanley Kubrick's most recognizable directorial techniques. Mm -hmm. A method of shot composition where a character stares at the camera with a forward tilt to convey to the audience that they are at the peak of their derangement. <laughs> and and this meme shows examples of Malcolm McDowell uh, in uh, one uh, Clockwork Orange. Clockwork Orange. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Jack Nicholson. Uh, another character from another Kubrick movie, and they're all doing this thing where their head is tilted down and they're staring into the camera, looking angry. And then the meme also includes a picture of Trump, and it looks just like all the Kubrick shots. Yeah, he was he was you know doing the Kubrick stare, and also the millions he's making off that merchandise that features that mugshot. That mugshot, the mugshot is the property of Fulton County, Georgia, and if uh, they wanted to, and they may do this, in fact. They can sue him and recover the money he's made off this because it's rightfully the property of Fulton County. Any word on whether the sheriff's department is going to do that? I don't know, but it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise you. Watch this space, as they say. You know what we need, I think? I, 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 you know what? This may solve all of our problems. What's that? Although I don't want to put too much pressure. Mm -hmm. We need black women... Up and down the hierarchy yes. of the Democratic yeah. Party establishment. Yeah, yeah. And I'm talking about people like Fonnie Willis and Stacey Abrams. I think they need to be running the fucking show for the Democratic they, they, Party. Oh, ab absolutely. They don't mess around. Yeah. They get it done. They, get it. they say they're going to do it, and then they do it. On top of the fact that black women are the core, the base of the Democratic Party right now, the mm -hmm. base of this movement, uh, rises and falls based on the voting preferences of black women in this country. Yeah, absolutely. And, and make, to have they that get it done, they to, make it happen. Exactly, and to have that reflected in leadership, I think, is absolutely crucial. So that's something I think we can work on for the long run. Hey, mm -hmm. see, we ended with some hope and optimism for you. How about that? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Fascism around a... the corner, but here's some things to look forward to and to not be uh, as concerned about. Oh, yeah. There are clear signs of hope. So have that hope and use that to go forward and to crush fascism. Okay, more to come on the Shadow Docket on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Show. Sign up for $5 a month, and we will see you there with more things, more dings. Take care. Bye-bye. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.